The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our military and foreign service who are joining us from remote locations. I also want to welcome listeners on new radio affiliates in New York, New Mexico, Louisiana, New Jersey, South Dakota, Oregon, and California. Thank you for being with us today and for catapulting the Costa Report to the fastest growing weekly news program in the country. We deeply appreciate your support. And I I personally appreciate your encouraging emails. Thank you so much. In just a moment, the man who pioneered antiviral software and current Cyber Party presidential candidate, Mr. John McAfee, will be joining us to explain why he believes cybersecurity is job number one for the next president of the United States. He'll also be weighing in on why American voters are making their desire for a Washington outsider known and the present controversy about Hillary Clinton's server. Um, but before candidate McAfee joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. John McAfee was born in the United Kingdom, though he considers his home Salem, Virginia. He received his degree in mathematics from Roanoke College and worked as a programmer for NASA, Univac, Xerox Corporation, Computer Sciences Corporation, and Lockheed. For a brief period of time, McAfee also worked as the Vice President of Research and Development for Omex, the first optical archival storage manufacturer in the world, which incidentally is where I first met him. In the interest of full disclosure, I worked with John at Omex, where he proved to be a brilliant innovator and inventor, and little did I know then that his best work still lied ahead. In 1987, operating out of his home in Santa Clara, California, he founded McAfee & Associates, one of the first antivirus software companies in the world. Shortly afterwards, McAfee took his company public and grew it into a software giant, which was later acquired. And that should have been that. (laughs) McAfee retired to a quiet oceanfront home in Belize where he invested in startups until the spring of 2012 when his home was abruptly raided by the Belize police on the basis of false drug trafficking charges. Shortly afterwards, his neighbor was found murdered and John McAfee was named a person of interest in Belize. And fearing for his life, McAfee fled to Guatemala, where he was arrested for illegally entering the country and faced deportation back to Belize. But legal delays and a medical emergency led to McAfee being deported to the United States. And since arriving safely on the mainland, McAfee has been neck deep examining America's cybersecurity risk, and who better to hear from than the man who pioneered antiviral software. He has a lot of light to shed on the cyber threats the U.S. government faces in the days ahead, and we are fortunate to have him with us today. It's my pleasure to welcome to the program Cyber Party presidential candidate, Mr. John McAfee. Thank you for joining us today, John. Well, thank you for having me again, Rebecca. I always enjoy being on your show. Well, I thought a good place to open today's program would be to ask you to explain why you decided to throw your hat in the ring as a third-party candidate. Well, I'll be very honest with you. I do not want to be president, um, uh, and uh, I would much rather be fishing somewhere on a, on a lake or a, a quiet river. Uh, but my uh, my friends, advisors, and, and fans have been pushing me for more than a year, and, and I think finally four weeks ago when when Drew Thompson, uh, a, a political advisor and friend of mine, said, if you don't do it, we're going to break your knees with a baseball bat. I go, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. So these are my choices. Um, as, as 
but but the real reason I, I decided that that I have to join is I, I simply looked at the array of of other candidates and and what their solution to the the, the largest threat to American national security uh, is facing, which is which is cybersecurity. Um, you know, we can we can pick any at random. Uh, Jeb Bush, by the way, has has certainly the most to say uh, about cybersecurity. But if we analyze his statements, I mean, for example, it says. One of his uh, campaign promises is to reduce the uh, legal and technical barriers to cybersecurity information, uh, cybersecurity information sharing uh, between the federal government and the private sector. Um, well, let's look at that. It demonstrates the inverted thinking that, that our politicians have. Um, you know, the private sector, you know, it can certainly inform the government on, on what we're doing, you know, what the American citizen is doing, where we are, what we're buying. Uh, what we say, you know, who we're with, um, our opinions even. Uh, you know, but, but seriously, the, the, the likelihood of Amer- the American citizenry of being the source of a cyber war is, is slim to none uh, if we look at the current reality. Uh, China, uh, you know, uh, has stolen more than 14 million records of every government employee for the past 35 years, including all of our top secret employees. Um, and, and and there's nothing like this in, in the history of of, of warfare, a, a coup of this nature, uh, because these these top secret employees include uh, all of our embedded agents in foreign countries. Um, so you know we absolutely have to stop spying on the American public through this this devious contrivance of information sharing, and we need to, we need to start spying on on our real enemies. You know, uh, let's look a little further. You know. Uh, uh, Bush uh, 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 wrote an article um, saying that you know we make we need to assign responsibility um, and make that a, a a tenet of his cybersecurity campaign. Well, yeah, great. I mean, that's that's certainly going to make it easier for us to point fingers and assign blame. But for heaven's sake, Rebecca, you know how, how does this help us? You know, it, it, sh- it it should be understood, shouldn't it, uh, that everyone in a position of responsibility should be held accountable for everything that happens on their watch. You know, have we actually reached a level of, of naivete where we have to write it down and remind ourselves? That's ridiculous. Um, well, let me, let it, me it, stop it, you and ask you an obvious question. Is there any technology that exists today that can defend the country against an army of Chinese and Russian hackers? Well, so, no, the technology does not exist within the within the American government. But but listen, I, I went to went to DEFCON uh, a month ago, uh, where fifty thousand of the world's greatest hackers assembled and 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 talked about uh, their their uh, their knowledge, uh, their capacities, and their talents. You know, if, if I were running the executive branch, I would have had hundreds of recruiters there. Uh, you know, and and with the tenant, I don't care what it costs, you hire five thousand of these people, the top five thousand. Um, and bring them to Washington. I guarantee you, within a year, we will have the the most uh, supreme cybersecurity on the planet. So we ought to hire hackers. So your your plan is let's go find these hackers and hire them to work for us. Yes. And wh- why not? I mean, because most of these are white hat hackers. They're, they're doing their job anyway. They they uh, hire themselves out to corporations um, to uh, to try to hack into systems so that they can. Um, uh, can tell the managers, look, here are your problems, here are the holes, and here's what you need to do to, um, uh, you know, to save yourselves. That is simply not being done, and it has it has to be done, and it has to be done in, you know, it, it immediately and as soon as possible. Now, I've heard some so, of these hackers are just buying uh, toolkits on the internet that will uh, that a well, sophisticated hacker could use to break uh, any kind of code. Well, all, all hackers use toolkits. I mean, they, they all they all have. But I, but I mean, these are toolkits that are sold on the internet that that allow you absolutely. to hack into things. Is is that right? Well, abs- Can I buy well, these toolkits? No, no, you're absolutely correct. You know, but if you're a plumber uh, and and someone is selling a hammer or a, a wrench, you don't need to manufacture one yourself. Go and buy one, and then use those tools that are out there and your own technological capabilities um, to actually build something better. Right. And that's what good hackers do. So, I, you know, these are available, uh, and they are software components, and the ones that are not being sold are available free of charge. I mean, if you go into the dark web, uh, all mm-hmm. these toolkits are available freely. So, so, so why not? Why not utilize? And all of these hackers were American, all of them. 
Well, with a few exceptions. We had a few British people there and, and a few so people I, I guess Japan, what you're saying, we got to take a break here, but I guess what you're saying is we have a hacker army. We just haven't deployed them yet. We, we have not deployed them. And, and you know, if these are our soldiers, let's, let's, let's put them to work. All right. Well, we're going to take our first break, but stay right where you are, because when we come back, we're going to find out why the 2016 election is turning out to be the year of the Washington outsider. You're listening to the Costa Report. As a scientist who works hard to stay on top of current events and trends, I know how easy it is to get caught up in the details of a story and lose sight of the big picture. What is happening to society as a whole? Where are we headed? Why does it feel as if there's greater instability, unrest, and danger in the world? The truth is, very few of us have time to contemplate these questions. And if we're waiting for our leaders or the media to paint a clear picture, well, we may be in for a long wait. That's why I'm urging you to grab a copy of The Watchman's rattle do it now go to rebeccacosta.com find out why scientists government leaders and the heads of the largest corporations in america are waking up to a newly uncovered pattern of human behavior that's the watchman's rattle at rebeccacosta.com a bestseller in 26 countries and a book that richard branson donald trump and experts everywhere are calling a must read that's the watchman's rattle available at bookstores everywhere and online at rebeccacosta.com I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli. Where can people go to get Caraccioli Cellars wines? The best place is your computer and go to CaracccioliCellars.com and that's C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I, Cellars with a C. Or if you happen to be in the Carmel area, visit our tasting room in downtown on Dolores. We're also available in many restaurants. We're distributed in about 15 states and we direct ship to about 30. So there's a good chance that we can get it to your door. And I will tell you that the easiest way to get the wine is to go straight to the website. It makes it so convenient to have it arrive at your doorstep. I cannot tell you how many dinner parties I've had where even though you're not that far away from me, <laughs> I've ordered by mail so that the wine would arrive in time for my dinner party. And it always has. Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel by the Sea. Or find us online at CaracccioliCellars.com or reach us by phone 831-622-7722. Is your internet connection slow? Do you experience outages or dread calling customer support? How about your latency? Etheric Networks can help you. Etheric Networks is the Bay Area's locally owned alternative to DSL satellite and cable. Etheric provides fast, reliable, symmetric internet via our wholly owned network of towers covering the Bay Area from Salinas to Santa Cruz to Sausalito. We install a two-foot dish on your building and point it to one of our towers to connect you directly to the major data centers of Silicon Valley. Etheric directly connects to Tier 1 companies like Google, Facebook, and Amazon to ensure high-quality service from your building to the world. KSCO, Residential Special. Residential service up to 10 megabits per second, symmetric. That's up and down for $85 a month and $199 installation. With guaranteed minimum speeds and uptime, unlike our competitors. Etheric Networks. Call 650-399-4200. That's 650-399-4200. Etheric.net. That's E-T-H-E-R-I-C dot net. Do you have a plan for your money? Does your money come and go like the tides? Do you just leave your finances to fate? Cash is always flowing, money is always moving, and if you don't manage it, it will move away from you. So many people actually spend more time planning their next trip to the dentist than they do something even more important like their retirement. You know what they say, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Don't leave your financial future to fate. Take charge. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Money Moves is dedicated to providing you tips and tools so you can manage your own money effectively. No one cares about your money more than you do. Therefore, you need the skills to manage your money. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is antiviral software pioneer and cyber party candidate for the United States presidency, Mr. John McAfee. 
And before the break, you were making the point that we have a cyber army of hackers that gathers at DEF CON each year, but our government has not deployed these hackers. So uh, I was thinking about this over the break. I suppose what you're suggesting is a strategy similar to the movie Catch Me If You Can, where uh, the FBI had the good sense to uh, not keep the number one forger in the world, Frank Abagnale Jr., in prison. Uh, the head of the FBI went and retrieved him out of prison and made him an FBI agent to teach the FBI how to catch uh, counterfeiters and forgers. It was one of the most successful operations the FBI ever had. They had the good sense of to course. say, come in and teach us how to do it, how to catch these guys. Of course, and, and why not? Uh, because not all hackers are bad. Like I said, there are good hackers. I mean, here, here's the thing. Back to Jeb Bush's wanting to hold people accountable. You cannot hold people accountable uh, for a job that they are ill-prepared for or cannot do. Uh, it, it's not we need to hold them accountable. We need to replace people with competent people. We're living in a world where, where cyber warfare will be the next war. Uh, and, and if we have uh, a government that is illiterate uh, in, in cyber science and cyber security... Uh, and then the manufacture of cyber weapons, both defensive and offensive, then uh, how on earth are we going to survive? We, we have to become literate. We do. If you're in China, you can't become a supreme leader unless you can program a computer. It would be like us electing a president uh, who was illiterate, uh, but who said, I can't read or write, but don't worry. I'm going to hire advisors to explain words to me. Everything <laughs> will be fine. Well, I, I guess what you're fine. saying is there can't be any accountability if you're just flat out incompetent. No, no. So to say we have to hold people accountable, big deal. Sure, we can blame you, but why did we put you in that position if you could not do the job? No, we have to all be. I mean, it's, it's, it is unconscionable to be illiterate in cyber science and be in government in this day and age. So, so, so yeah, so making accountability a, a main issue of cybersecurity is like insane. No, we need people who can actually function and speak coherently about that science. And we don't have that. Well, let's switch gears here for just a moment. Uh, the most recent USA poll, uh, USA Today poll, shows that the three leading GOP candidates as of this week are Donald Trump with 23% approval, Carly Fiorina and Ben Carson tied with 13% each. So the three leading candidates are Washington outsiders. What do you make of that? I, I think that it says that the um, the American people are, are finally catching up with uh, with the reality that that they have elected um, uh, idiots as as um, uh, as leaders. Because here's what happens in political parties: uh, the, the Democratic Party, the, the uh, Republican Party, and and the whole machination of government is a machine. Uh, once you become part of that machine, you 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 become the machine. You become a cog in the wheel. Your heart disappears. Uh, and, and we don't want politics as, as usual. We really don't. In fact, I don't want politics at all. Politics is defined as the, the procedures and actions uh, required to gain power within a government or to keep power within a government. Is that what we want, Rebecca? Do we want people who are seeking power? I mean, when George Washington became uh, the president, he, he had to be pushed kicking and screaming into the job. He didn't want it. I mean, what a, what a nightmare job having to service the entire American public. Um, and, and that's how we started out. Well, that's strange. It's now uh, the uh, Oval Office is no longer a seat of service. It's actually called the seat of power. I don't want people looking for power in government. We don't, none of us do, if you think about it. And yet politics is the basic definition is how to keep power and or how to get power within a government. Well, I think you make a good point. Uh, the citizen uh, uh, leader has disappeared, and I think we're now seeing somewhat of a return to that. Now, of those uh, citizen leaders, uh, GOP candidate Fiorina has a technology background, having run Hewlett-Packard. So how important is that technology understanding compared to, say, foreign policy or even the experience of having governed an entire state like John Kasich? Well, Fiorina, I'm sorry. Fiona is a, is a is a is a prime example. She she does have a technology background, mm -hmm. but but apparently she picked up very little while working at Hewlett Packard. I mean, for example, uh, her her uh, platform is based on centralizing cybersecurity within the government, either within the DoD or or some other location. Well, any anybody who knows anything about cybersecurity 
uh, knows the difference. I mean, for example, she obviously doesn't read newspapers uh, or watch TV because the largest and most damaging hack in, in world history against the government was the Office of Personnel Management, which is an administrative office, and yet nothing could have been more damaging to the U.S. government. Every, every office within the government has different procedures and different, different problems, and you cannot address those centrally. We, we learned a long time ago in industry that standardization of cybersecurity principles simply cannot apply across the board. Well, it's interesting that as an evolutionary biologist, one of the primary tenets that we abide by is any drive toward singularity is a drive toward extinction. (laughs) You don't want singular systems, right? And that certainly applies in the technology world. You want diversification. That's what complexity is the way in which you fight cyber threats. The only candidate, quite frankly, having looked at all of their their platforms on on cybersecurity and cyber science, that I have any faith in is Carson. And that's because he said absolutely nothing about it. Okay, so, so he might actually know something. No, seriously, think about this. Because the others have said nonsense. Carson might actually know, for example, that the F-22 um, Raptor fighter, which was just announced this year, uh, is the most easily hackable plane on the planet and could easily be turned against us uh, by, by clever hackers. Um, he, you know, he, he may know that, that China has EMP cannons. These are electromagnetic pulse cannons. Anybody can build one. There are designs on the Internet uh, that are designed to disable any computer at a distance. And you can't fly the F-22 without the computer control system. It's not possible. Um, uh, he may know, for example, that our entire country uh, is, is networked uh, with uh, an array of computer systems all intercommunicating that, if disrupted, would leave us without power, without potable water, without emergency services on a near-permanent basis. Now, he may know all this, and he may also know how to fix it. I don't know. Uh, but I think he was wise in that it is better to say nothing and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Well, that's so, one uh, thing about mouth. Ben Carson. He doesn't. We're going to have him on the program next month, and I will tell you that one nice thing about Ben Carson is he doesn't like to talk about things that he doesn't know about. Uh, it, it remains to be seen whether the American public is ready to vote for a president who uh, won't answer questions that he's not an expert at. Uh, and uh, I don't know if they'll tolerate that. Well, Most of the time, they seem to well, want some kind of an answer. <laughs> Well, I would rather have no answer than a, than a uh, bull answer, excuse my language. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, I think that's my first FCC fine for this month. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to that, dock your pay, not, Mr. President. Even that, <laughs> even that is not allowed? Uh, even that okay. is not allowed. The government is oh, all over Lord. us, Mr. McAfee. Now, we're going to take oh, another dear. short oh, break. I, we'll be right back with you, more. I owe you big time. We'll be right back with more from candidate John McAfee. You're listening to the Costa Report. Do you love creating salads as much as you enjoy eating them? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole inspires fresh and wholesome dishes for any meal with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. From the mild and tender texture of sweet butter lettuce to the crunch of classic romaine sprinkled with colorful shredded carrots and red cabbage, Dole has over 30 salad blends to satisfy every palate. If you're looking for the ultimate in convenience, try Dole's unique salad kit combinations that include farm-fresh lettuces and vegetables, mouth-watering all-natural toppings, and specially made dressings. It's all you need to make a distinctively delicious salad. The possibilities are endless. Visit www.dolesalads.com for recipes and other ideas to feed your culinary imagination. 
School's back in session. Bad news for the kids. Great news for RVers. Hello, folks. Michael Olson here with Rena Mills, the owner of RV Service Center, 2525 Mission, north end of Santa Cruz, right next to California One. Rena, it is a great time to be an RVer. Yes, Michael, that's true. Weather is fantastic in Santa Cruz County. So get your RVs tuned up at RV Service Center. Do you have any special inducements to get people ready to hit the road this autumn? Yes, Michael, we do. Anytime you have any damage on your RV, we can help you get an insurance claim started. And with that insurance claim, we offer a free gift certificate equal to the value of your deductible when you have your insurance work done at RV Service Center. Wow, that means like a free repair almost. Yes, it does, Michael. That's just money in your pocket. And in the gas tank and on the open road. Folks, bring your RVs down to RV Service Center here at the north end of Santa Cruz 2525 Mission. Have your RV all tuned up by RV Service Center, and away you go. Hi, Registered Pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. Everyone knows that melatonin is a great sleeping aid. If you have insomnia or even if you just want a good night's sleep, using this natural, non-toxic, and gentle supplement at bedtime can help you fall asleep fast and get you some pretty cool dreams too. But did you know that melatonin, the same stuff you take to help you go to sleep, has actually been shown to improve the symptoms of GERD and it's especially effective for nighttime acid reflux. Melatonin inhibits the secretion of stomach acid and it has significant protective effects on the stomach lining. Scientists told the story of an elderly woman whose GERD symptoms responded favorably to 6 milligrams of melatonin taken at bedtime. When she dropped her dose to 3 milligrams, her symptoms came back. A study published in 2007 in the Journal of Gastroenterology found that nearly 60% of patients who took a daily 5 milligram dose of melatonin were completely healed within 12 weeks. Melatonin also plays a very important role in the functioning of the esophagus, the tube that connects the throat to the stomach. It can help reduce the production of the gases that relax the esophagus, specifically something called nitric oxide. And because heartburn can be caused by activation of the stressed nervous system, melatonin relaxation effects may play a part in improving the symptoms of acid reflux. Other researchers attribute melatonin's protection from acid reflux symptoms to its antioxidant properties. Whatever the reason, if you're dealing with chronic heartburn, using melatonin is at least worth a shot. Try taking 6 to 9 milligrams at night, giving it about 4 to 6 weeks to see if it helps. At the very least, even if you still have some reflux, you're going to get a really good night's sleep. Pharmacist Ben here, urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos too at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're joined, just joining us, my guest today is Cyber Party presidential candidate, Mr. John McAfee. So, Mr. McAfee, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, which voting base you're trying to appeal to. Well, here's, here's the truth. I, I, I would like, and, and call me a dreamer, I, I would like to appeal to all Americans. I would like to found some commonality. Because really, isn't that the task of the executive branch? I mean, Congress, their purpose is to argue endlessly the differences between all of us. Isn't it the task of the executive branch to try to find the commonalities? I mean, we'll start with one. We're all human. We have fear and hope and dreams. We have love and compassion, um, anger. So let's start there. Uh, can, so I, can I add can, to that we need oxygen, clean food, and clean water? Yes. <laughs> we do need oxygen, clean food, all of us. Okay, so yeah. there's, there's Republicans and Democrats. All, <laughs> all agree to. We also need. We also need some honesty in our government. So we we don't want to be lied to. I can't. If you can find a single American that says, "Yeah, I want to be lied to. Uh, I want to be deceived by my government, or I want to be spied on by my government," well, I will eat my shoe on your program. Um, but no, uh, no, uh, there have to be commonalities. Uh, if, if starting in November, we're going to be having fireside chats. We develop software that will allow me, allow all Americans to download an app, uh, and I can talk to them. Now, if you're not on the Internet, uh, invite your children over for dinner that night and, and force them uh, to hook you up. Um, and, and, and we can talk, and the American citizens can write and type uh, questions or comments, 
And we have software which will parse all of those comments. Parsing is a technical term for making meaning out of, out of sentences. So uh, if, if 10,000 people ask the same question in 10,000 different ways, our software will say, ah, this is this, this question, and it will, it will feed it to me. I love so, it. I um, love this kind of interaction. You know, this is your wheelhouse. This is what you know how to do. This is how to leverage technology to make people be able to communicate freely with their government, to ask questions, to get information. Uh, this is really something that you know how to do, and uh, and I'm glad you're bringing attention to it. Now, let me ask you a tough question. For listeners who don't know you, don't know the business side of you, don't know the software developer side of you, and might have some reservations based on your sense of humor and some of your YouTube parodies. Uh, uh, what do you say to people who will be put off by your colorful past? Well, you know, it, I, I really think that, that all great leaders have an interesting past. I mean, <laughs> you find do. one who, who does not. Uh, number two, are we looking for a squeaky clean president, someone who spent their life behind a desk and locked indoors? I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, we, we've tried electing those and, and haven't had much success. I have made mistakes. I freely admit them. You may ask me anything. I mean anything. Um, and, and I will answer that. Uh, International Business Times interviewed me of, of two months ago and asked me some very hard questions. You know, what about your, your drug pass? They, they, uh, it's alleged you used to take drugs. Yeah, yeah, I said, I've taken more than you could carry. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, what about your morality? I mean, have you ever cheated on your wife? I go, yes, I have. Um, ask me anything. It's there. Now, if that makes me ineligible, then it makes me ineligible in the minds of the voters. But somehow my heart tells me that the voters will say, hmm, okay, he's maybe a little bit like me or other people that I know, maybe even close friends. Uh, we'll just, we'll have to wait and see, Rebecca, but, but uh, there's no sense in trying to hide from the people that, that I intend to, to serve. Well, many you, people would wanna... say that transparency starts with you. It's how you handle your past and the things that you might regret, but you've matured out of, that speaks of how you would handle transparency in the government or even in your own companies. Yep. And you've, you've always been very forthright. Of course. I, I, don't, I don't see the need for deception and lies. I do not. Um, in, in terms of, of to speaking with, with, with the government. Now, of course, we all have privacy issues and things that we hold close to our heart, uh, but, but these are people who are not in the public eye. Once you get into the public eye, that has to drop. You have to have the strength to go, all of my secrets now have to be known. For the rest of you, please, keep your secrets because you need them. We live in a country, in a world, where we are judgmental. Uh, we're greedy, we're jealous, and if everyone knew everything about everybody else, Rebecca, we would have chaos in the streets. Chaos. And you know this for a fact. Yes, I but do. But for public officials, you must have the strength and courage to say, here, open the kimono, this is me, warts and all. This is acceptable to you. Mm -hmm. If not, then, then it isn't. Don't vote for me. But if it is, if you can see through the warts and say, hmm, he's kind of like me kind of like people that I know, or like my grandfather, or whatever, then maybe you can bypass that, and you can get over it. But well, then, no, if you're a public... Go let, ahead. Let's, let's talk a little bit about... I, I want to move this along, because I want people to have a chance in this interview to really get to know you. I think there's uh, so much false rumor and uh, oh. surrounding you, and uh, I think people tend to think of you as the YouTube videos. And of course, as I said earlier, you and I had an opportunity to work together for several years, so I know a different aspect of you, and I want to give our listeners a chance to get to know that side of you. And one of the things that um, electing a president these days is important, I guess, I'd say, is the cabinet that you select. Now, you point out uh, you don't want an illiterate president saying, I'm going to select a cabinet that will teach me words. Uh, and that's pretty much what you see happening in the cyber science area. But, uh, yep. but let's talk about your cabinet. Um, you've been the first to come out and say who your vice presidential uh, running mate is going to be. Uh, let's talk about that person and why you felt they were a good running mate, and then maybe about your your uh, your short list for Secretary of State, a Secretary of Defense. Have you gone that far in terms of thinking about? Uh, I, I don't have all of them. I don't have all of them, but I can only tell you the ones that I have contacted. 
uh, for secretary. I'm, I'm creating new cabinet positions and combining others. I think I think that the Department of the Interior. Uh, I, I have I have uh, talked to many times now a, a Native American of the Paiute tribe uh, named Myron Dewey. He is the owner of Smoke Smoke Signals, which is the largest social networking site for for Indians. Um, and um, you know, I'm working on him, mm-hmm. and I, I I believe that he will. If, certainly, if I become president, I think that he will he will he will jump at that task. Uh, for Department of Justice, a gentleman named John Wayne Cronin, who is a, a 20 plus year uh, FBI veteran uh, agent out of Colorado Springs. Uh, this man has a story. I, I can't reveal it to you, unfortunately, but uh, maybe he can if you if you call him and ask him. That is indescribable. Uh, it's it's heroic. And what we need in in leadership are people who understand what it's like to be in the field, to put your life at risk, to be undercover in dangerous, hostile situations. And to do that because you have a love of your country. Um, now, how about so Secretary not- of State? We've got this situation heating up in Syria. We've made a mess of the Middle East. Yes. Uh, who, who are you yes. looking at to manage that you know, danger? I you know, unfortunately, I, I, can't, I can't mention the, the short list on, on that one yet. Um, but, um, it, you know, hopefully within a month I, I can have an answer for you there. Well, good. Uh, you know, come on, gonna... yeah. Come on back and talk to us. You know, candidates tend uh, to stay away from mentioning who they would appoint as in their cabinet, and to me, uh, that seems just as important as electing the president because it course, reveals a certain uh, it, uh, insight into how the person right. is thinking about building out their expertise. Right, and I'm also forming a new cabinet position called the the, the Department of, of of Digital Innovation. Uh, and I've tapped uh, a gentleman named Chris Roberts to hand hand uh, to head that up. Now you may you may question my judgment uh, because Chris Roberts was a gentleman who a few months back um, allegedly commandeered a United Airlines flight in flight. Now um, I know Chris. He is a man of of enormous heart, uh, a good man, and a and a, a a responsible white hat hacker. He had gone to Boeing. He had gone to United Airlines and said, "Look, you have a problem." They had ignored this. And much like Snowden, who said, here's what's happening, he just told us, here's what's happening in the demonstration. Well, I would now, assume actions, that you would pardon Snowden and get him together with Chris. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I would put Snowden in a cabinet position, uh, but certainly I would pardon him, as I would, as I would, as I would pardon um, you know, all the marijuana smokers, as much as people might disagree with me. But we have people in prison for 15 years for smoking a single joint, and we have murderers that get two years probation. Uh, uh, well, the justice, wrong. no question, the justice system needs an overhaul. We have to take our final break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to the Costa Report. Big data is changing the way organizations work. From data-driven marketing and ad targeting to the connected car, big data is fueling product innovation and new revenue opportunities. It's creating a culture in which business and IT leaders join forces to realize value from all data. They infuse analytics everywhere and make speed a differentiator, gaining competitive advantage from faster, more informed decisions. Leading organizations are creating new business models, developing new roles, and defining new big data architectures, including an infrastructure that can manage and process exploding volumes of structured and unstructured data, in motion as well as at rest, while protecting data privacy and security. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash big data today. Biodiversity is the very fabric of our lives. It is everything around us, all of nature. But human impact is diminishing biodiversity at an alarming rate. And because of that, the intricate web of biodiversity is unraveling in ways we don't fully understand and our world is becoming less resilient. That's why we are biodiversity advocates. We're the E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation. Guided by the greatest living naturalist, E.O. Wilson, we champion research and education that expands our understanding of biodiversity and informs worldwide conservation efforts. 
The E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation is building a movement of environmental stewards like you who share our sense of responsibility for the living world that is our home. Join us in our quest to protect biodiversity, the fabric of our lives. Visit eowilsonfoundation.org. The Burrito Bash comes to the Santa Cruz County Fairgrounds Saturday, October 3rd. Enjoy the best burritos, craft beer, live entertainment including Mariachi California de Javier Vargas and the grooving sounds of Extra Large. Challenge yourself to the Jalapeno Eating Contest and watch the Miniature Dog Costume Competition. The Burrito Bash is family fun presented by the Pajaro Valley Chamber of Commerce and Agriculture and the Rotary Club of Freedom. More information at BurritoBash.com. People say puffiness and bags under the eyes are the hardest things to get rid of. Until now, introducing GenuCell Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Due to new technology, GenuCell is an incredibly powerful all-natural serum. And with its instant effects, it's guaranteed to show results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Users saw results in only 12 hours with dramatic improvement in two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, GenuCell contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, GenuCell uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity and brilliant long-term results. Call now to try GenuCell risk-free, 800-442-3684. Say goodbye to puffiness and bags today. Call in the next 20 minutes and get the legendary Esotique face cream absolutely free just for trying GenuCell today. Chamonix, the best skin care, best results or your money back, no questions asked. 800-442-3684. Times are changing and cannabis prohibition is coming to an end. With legalization approaching, it is obvious the time to talk cannabis is now. The Cannabis Connection opens a dialogue around all themes cannabis. Our team delivers the latest in cannabis research, news, industry, culture, and legal developments. The Cannabis Connection, connecting the dots to all things pot. Join us Friday nights from 8 to 9 on KSCO AM 1080. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is antiviral software pioneer and cyber party candidate for the presidency, John McAfee. And when we ended the last segment, you were talking about um, pardoning those that are serving time for possessing marijuana, and I wanted to give you a chance to finish your thoughts on that, John. Well, my thoughts are very simple. That that you know, it, it seems insane to me to to uh, give someone a 15 year sentence for smoking a joint. Uh, and pardon uh, murderers, uh, or not pardon them, but, but give them two years probation because we don't have enough jail cells to put them in. So I, I will definitely pardon all all people who both uh, possessed and sold marijuana in a nonviolent uh, uh, offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about my humor. You 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 mentioned you you touched on that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oddly enough, three days ago they they discovered water on Mars. Um, so I wrote a little article for my Facebook saying that. Um, uh, the Martians had been in contact with me, but they had a future scope that said that I was going to be the next president, and they were going to give me secret technology, which I could release to the American public. That's a joke. Uh, I didn't put it up because I have to put everything to my campaign manager. Now, his office is 100 feet from my office, and I heard him screaming, no. So mm-hmm. they have told me over and over again, just be yourself, but not completely yourself. <laughs> Don't do the humor. Well, I, you know, a lot of people ask me about uh, your sense of humor, and I said, well, then, you know, you must not get the jokes on Saturday Night Live, which are largely parodies as well. Um, and, you know, and yes, you're, you're, you do need to filter everything through your campaign manager, which will probably be a new experience for you, but, uh, but they generally know what they're doing, and it's, a, it's good to take well, their they, advice. They yeah. They do, and they're, they're 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 most fearful of me actually cracking a joke on a program <laughs> like yours, or not not at oh, all. I haven't done it. We have I smart have, listeners. Have. We have smart <laughs> listeners. They enjoy intelligent okay. humor, and uh, they don't go running off saying, "Could you believe that John McAfee says that he has secret technology from Martians?" That will not be our headline <laughs> on our blog tomorrow. Okay, I can Fair promise enough. you that. Fair enough. Um, listen, I listen, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about uh, this. these five uh, hacking incidences, which are now being reported on Hillary Clinton's personal server. 
right? Well, we're not sure they were actually hacked. They were hacking attempts. That's all that I know for now. Mm-hmm. Listen, if, if you want to get access to someone's email, then just give me the email address. And I promise you, in, in less than an hour, I can give you access to everything that person's ever sent uh, uh, or received. I and mean, this, is, this is one of the things that, that we are completely unaware of in this country, and certainly within the government, uh, that, that there are tools to, to break into anybody's email account, and, and it's not very interesting in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 for example, I, I analyzed the Ashley Madison hack of, of two months or three months ago, uh, and you know, went went through many of the uh, CEO's emails. They were mostly dull uh, and, and not much fun, uh, which I think why why so little is is done in that. But we all have to be aware, certainly as as public officials, that what we write in our emails, we might as well publish in the New York Times. Uh, and anyone foolish enough to put something compromising in an email, uh, it merely shows the uh, the lack of understanding of of, uh, of hacking. There is so much information that we put out in cyberspace. You run your credit card at a gas station and you're putting information out there. You order something yes. on Amazon, it's out there. You you fill out a rental application, right? And uh, online and it's out there. What do you put on a rental application? Your social security, your bank account everything. numbers, everything. everything. I, I tell people don't fill out digital well, rental applications. How do you know where they're going? <laughs> Well, that's the other problem. We have this thing called the cloud, which I'm so happy about, because you can just throw your stuff in the cloud, and you can reach it from anywhere. But here's, here's the question. Where is that? The cloud, where is the cloud? Uh, is part of it some, some Korean uh, server that's, that's run by hackers? We don't really know. Uh, that's the point. That's why it's called the cloud. You but put the it word, out there the, but the, word the cloud sounds so friendly. So warm and cozy and it's so, so, so soft and, you know, that silver lining to it. And we have them every day, you know, and they float in the sky. Yeah, I want my data there. No, you don't. I'm sorry. That's the last place you want any critical data. Well, you know, if, you, if you're storing something like a, uh, you know, a document on uh, the analysis of water output at your local water plant, no one's going to care. And then, then you, there you have it. But if there's something critical, what on earth are we doing putting that there? We aren't thinking, yeah, uh, and and thinking it's, pro- right. it's propagated. And we're not thinking about so many things. We're not thinking about the NSA when it says, uh, "Listen, we want to analyze the most intimate details of your life, so that we can assure you that you are not the enemy that we're trying to protect you from." Um, we we blindly believe the TSA when they say you're our friend and we're trying to protect you. And I'm standing there and I don't have shoes or a belt, and they're they're scrutinizing my belongings. My hands are in the air waiting to be patted down. I don't feel like they're helping me. I don't feel like they're protecting me. Are we, like are we using our technology and our know-how on the wrong group of people? Do you have a sense that we focused the attention on the American people, tapping their phones, uh, checking them in TSA lines, as opposed to focusing on the real th- hacking threat, which is clearly coming from Russia and China? Well, of course. Uh, it's so obvious, like in Jed Bush's statement. They have uh, laws that allow open uh, information sharing between American business and government. That's what they than saying. We want to use business to spy on you. Good Lord, we don't need that. We need laws to prevent that, not, in, not enhance that. Um, because really, the American citizenry is not going to be the source of the next cyber war. It is not. It's going to come from Russia, from China, or from some yet unnamed nation, uh, which has smartened itself up and said, we don't need bombs and guns. We don't need battleships and aircraft carriers and, and, and bombers. No, we need a few really smart hackers, and let's take down America. That's where it's going to come from. Why on earth do we think that the populace, which they're supposed to be serving, is the enemy or the potential enemy? No, it's not going to come from us. It's going to come from external. And that's what we need to protect ourselves against. Yeah, well, it certainly seems that uh, that the evidence is that uh, most of this is being generated currently uh, by hacking armies in uh, Russia and China. Uh, and Russia and China, absolutely, yeah. and Korea. Don't 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 Yeah, that's them. right. That's right. Now, in the few well, minutes that we have left, um, how do people learn more about the Cyber Party and uh, your platform? Where do they go to to learn more? Go, go, you go to McAfee sixteen dot com. We have our full platform. We've got the interviews with me. We have our campaign video. Uh, we, we also have a, a, um, a volunteer button, please. We need volunteers. 
we have to get, for example, our first our first date is New Hampshire. Uh, the deadline of which is in is in January. That's a scant three months away. Mm-hmm. We have we have no money. We have uh, we have lots of volunteers, but very little coordination. We need help. We need help desperately. Go to McAfee16.com uh, and and volunteer. Uh, get your get your boots on the ground and and let's do something to change this country for the good. And I mean, now, if, if now I know that mo- you're planning to raise most of your campaign funds uh, as smaller donations over the internet. How's that? Wor- how's that going so far? Well, it, we we ju- we finally yesterday uh, got the system up to to accept bitcoins for those of you that that have a lot of bitcoins and and more spend them. Um, uh, and uh, so far, it you know we just got together, so I, I don't have the information to tell you, but mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm that it's going to go well. I mean, if, if you, I, if I you think you're the only platform, candidate is set who has uh, opened up your contributions to bitcoins. I haven't heard that before, but it, but it speaks well of your technology background. Well, you know, listen, technology I've lived with for for fifty years, literally fifty years. I can I can create and and implement these in my sleep. That is not the problem. <laughs> Uh, and I can solve the problems, of the, at least the the the, uh, the technology problems within the government in my sleep. The problem is, uh, we need help. We need, you know, we're running as a third party. There has never been a third party candidate who's won an election. I intend to be the first. Um, you know, I'm, I'm running on a platform that is way outside the box. Um, you know, a platform that's saying our government is too big. It's got to be cut back. We have to we have to accept the fact that we are incompetent in the most crucial area. Of, of national security, uh, which is cyber science. Um, right. Uh, I can I, I can fix these things, but but it's going to be an uphill battle, and we're going to need the support of the American public, not just people going, gosh, I like what he has to say, but people willing to put feet on the ground, and and we need an army out there, uh, you know, not to fight the enemy, but to 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 fight the enemy from within, mm-hmm. which is our own government. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time that we have left today. But uh, before we say goodbye, I want to wish you well in the upcoming election. Thank you for taking time to speak with us today. And, and, I, and I, I will pay you FCC fine uh, as soon as I get out of debt. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanks, John. Nice talking to you. All right. Our guest next week is the scientist who put global warming on the map and who has recently come out with his most alarming forecast yet. Dr. James Hansen will be here to put the question of climate change to rest once and for all. Don't miss James Hansen next week on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 